I'm gonna move this back. Get, get more of a conical thing. Should it be making the metronomy sound? Uh oh, damn it. <laughs> All right. Uh, so My just. My grandfather's clock was still in the So it's still thirty years on the floor. So these are things that might work if there was ever a podcast. I have seen one mullet already today, so I'm feeling very good. (laughs) I mean, until you've seen a real mullet, you just sort of get lazy and you think lots of haircuts could be mullets, but no. You see a mullet in its prime, it's like seeing a giraffe. You know you've seen a giraffe. If a giraffe was party in the back, which giraffes <laughs> are not actually. They're... It's actually I think I think giraffes are party at the top, business at the bottom. <laughs> so I don't. So most people who are not from here or who are not of an uh, of an age are not going to know like what I'm talking about when I say this. But what you got to do to get to the factory. Right? <laughs> <laughs> You gotta get off of the orange line at Mass Ave. You gotta then take a right, and then another right, and then a left, and then you have to summon a wizard. (laughs) So it was in the basement of the piano factory, and uh, all I was told was the address and that it was in the piano factory, but it was like an entire city block. Mm-hmm. And so I went around to the front of the building, which was not the right way to go. <laughs> and then I had to like, it was like being in a speakeasy. Like I had to, <laughs> like I had to call uh, Pranima. The, the stage manager, and she had to like talk me through how to get there, and then she had to like stand there and hold the door open, and it, you had to like go behind a dumpster and down a set of stairs, <laughs> so like you couldn't even see it from the from the street, and like she was yelling and I was yelling, and then when I finally she had to like hold the door open because if you let it close it would lock itself, mm-hmm. and there was no handle on the outside, <laughs> and then I got in there and it was like this tiny little room that had like a really high ceiling and it had been painted over like like 50,000 times and it had maybe 32 folding chairs and <laughs> there was just straight up no stage right. <laughs> like, first off, the only way to get in and out of the backstage was to leave through the stage. Yes. So once you were backstage in a show, you were not getting out of there in, except going through the theater, except that you could conceivably, if you really needed to go to the bathroom, you could cl- open the window, climb out the window, Go around the back of the building, which, as Jackie described, was kind of terrifying. Go in the back door, go upstairs, go to the bathroom, which was inhabited by Gregor, who was the largest cockroach any of us had ever seen. <laughs> you, you remember Gregor? Gregor. Yes. And, and then come back down if you had enough time between your scenes. However, as Jackie mentioned, it was cold in there. And the... Electricity was such that you couldn't have anything backstage that required much electricity, like say a hairdryer or a space heater, without making the lighting board blackout. But also, the space was so small that you would hear it if it were right. on. So, in in the winter time, it was agreed by everybody you would not open that window, right. which meant the smokers in the cast were going nuts. <laughs> and I did the House of Yes there. And I played Mrs. Pascal. I don't know if either of you are familiar with the play. Um, I've heard of it. Mrs. Pascal is an alcoholic, and she she's basically Louise Bluth. 
And so she is drinking martinis pretty much the entire time that she's on stage, except when she's drinking wine. <laughs> and so I must have downed a gallon of liquid oh. every single night during a two-act play, during which I could not at any point leave backstage. And nobody was about to let me open the window when it was like, New England cold outside. <laughs> the thing is, it was replaced by a hotel, condos, yeah. something like that. And um, the place that was the piano factory is now an in-house gym, which bills itself as, say it with me now, close to the arts. <laughs> oh. Directly on top of the arts. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the same way that, like, in a horror movie, something's directly on top of the sacred burial ground. Uh, <laughs> like, the spirits of, of, of shows past will rise. The spirit of Cathar and, and the beheaded body of Thomas More. And all the great characters from, from when Whistler in the Dark did metamorphosis on the silks, you know? Oh, my God. Um, yeah, they definitely, <laughs> I can definitely imagine they moved the stones, but not the body. <laughs> Cambridge has a weak mayor, Somerville's is strong. Brooklyn has 200 people trying to get along. We don't talk about Providence because I'd wind up dead. And Boston has the strongest mayor of all. <laughs> Come into Somerton, not Boston. <laughs> Now it's time for random word from Ghost World. Oh, okay. So this word, uh, the word of the day is riot. <laughs> <laughs> this this word is uh, interesting to me because I am a uh, tour guide, and most of what I talk about is, um, you know, rioting and the American oh, Revolution. Yeah. And it's really hard to get away from the political implications mm. of such a thing. If you're not familiar with, you know, Boston's role in the American Revolution, basically we were like the whole end of Gangs of New York. <laughs> it gets really, really hard to tell the story of, you know, the Boston Tea Party, which if you take all the nuance out of it is basically people destroying their own property in their own neighborhood and so you have to tell these stories to people who would uh you know not super like to hear such a thing mm -hmm. and then uh you know when you're out there uh doing the tour and you're like near these people and you have to like explain to them why you think what you think and then they will sometimes get really uh angry about it and you're just out there with them alone your office uh, your your staff mm. are not there to protect you from them and uh a couple of guides have almost got into like fights about mm. history <laughs> that, <laughs> that we can't help <laughs> right you're telling things that have actually happened mm -hmm. so mm, i mean there's a lot of boston history that doesn't get mentioned in the books so much like mm -hmm. evacuation day and everything that led up to that mm -hmm. and i can see how that could be dicey but i mean even in like junior high and high school, we were taught about Boston as being this just lovably rowdy slapstick people who embarrassed the king by pulling all sorts of pranks. Yeah. Um, 
massacre was mentioned, but you know, in much the way Zoot Suit Riot mentions rioting, it's not not the focus of the song. Mm. I grew up in New York, Mm. so so what we learned about Boston was they were people who wanted to be New York. (laughs) They they wanted to be a real city, they wanted to have a baseball team, and really they just had these people who couldn't hold on to Babe Ruth and you know <laughs> they wanted to have a subway system but nah you know yeah. they wanted to have ethnic food but nah <laughs> so that, uh, all of that is exactly what motivated <laughs> Sam Adams This is called Goofus versus Gallant, Dawn of Niceness. <laughs> Have you read the Goofus and Gallant slash fic? Oh, there's slash fic. <laughs> what? Gallant thoughtfully covers his teeth with his lips. <laughs> Goofus v. Gallant, Dawn of Niceness. Lieutenant Gallant's leadership during the resolution of Project Paradactyl kept nuclear weapons out of the separatists' hands and ensured that the forces of freedom can breathe a little easier. I am proud to award him the H-I-G-H-L-I-G-H-T-S Medal of Perfection. Thank you. Thank you. And Private Goofus tried very hard. I am proud to award him the Participation Medal. Gallant ran a successful negotiation, bringing an international incident to a satisfactory conclusion. Goofus spent all his time doing motorcycle tricks on the halfpipe. You brown-nosed another one, Gallant. What can I say, Goofus? You've never appreciated long-term strategy. Not now. And not when we were five, deciding whether we would help our mom with the dishes before watching TV. See ya. You always throw that back in my face. Scene 2. Goofus's Girlfriend's Apartment. I don't know why I stay at H-I-G-H-L-I-G-H-T-S, Josie. They never respect me there. They look at me at some kind of Goofus. There you go again, Goofus. All you think about is your career. Why don't you retire? It's hard being the girlfriend of a badass secret agent. We'll get a nice house and a farm, maybe a water heater. Maybe we'll manage a friendlies. What do you say? Can't do it, Josie. Somebody's got to bring in the bad guys. Goofus, kick their ass. Ha! You're a damn fine woman, Josie. Hang on, it's my phone. There you go again, Goofus, answering your phone. Maybe it's time you retire. It's hard being the girlfriend of a phone answerer. I think it's my brother. Goofus! Kick the phone's ass. (laughs) Private Goofus here. No way! Are you serious? I can be there in five minutes. Big news, Josie. Gallant apprehended Dr. X. I've got to get there now. Whatever. That's it? I already told you to kick somebody's ass twice. What more do you want from me? I guess you're right. Scene 3, a rooftop, where Gallant has restrained Dr. X. I'm here, Gallant. Dr. X and I were just getting a little comfortable. (laughs) 
You know what we want to know. Who's behind it? <coughs> behind what? Behind everything. The hacking, the fake news, the breakdown of civil discourse, everything. Whoa, Gallant, take it easy. I don't know. I bet my fists will know for you. Oh, oh, okay, okay, it's Putin, it's Putin. No. It's him. He's behind all of it. United States put sanctions on Russia after its invasion of Crimea. He was mad. So he struck back using the most chaotic way he knew how. Election meddling. I can't believe it. This goes all the way to the top. We've got to tell the authorities. Yes, the authorities. Gallant, with his testimony, we'll be able to put Putin behind bars forever. You were right. The system does work. Yes, the system. Gallant. The system works! Oh, you can't believe we've broken Gallant! Why'd you do that, man? We had him! No! Yes! It's not so surprising after all. What is this shit? Not when H-I-G-H-L-I-G-H-T-S is as full of holes as a jackrabbit. Not when the West has become a moral rot and there's a great leader like Vladimir Putin offering, oh, such great things, like order, discipline, action, heterosexuality. You must see how it became my duty to cross the line, Goofus. You must see how I came to believe that there is only one future. Russia. No, 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 no. How could they get you? Not you, Gallant. Not you, Gallant. Goofus concerns himself with impotent concepts like rules and democratic legitimacy. Gallant has the proper respect for the strong man. That's crazy talk. Look, I was never the favorite, the fastest, the best behaved, but I know the big right from the big wrong. I may be a fuck-up, but at least I'm a principled fuck-up. And now, Gallant, I'm gonna fuck you up. I'll fuck you up in the name of honor and duty. Honor? Duty? A pox on those outdated concepts. I'm a realist. I want order. I hate realism and order. I want honor and duty. You're always so into honor and duty. They're garbage! Why don't you try realism and order? They're much better. I tried a little order once, but it was stupid. And realism was even worse. It sounds like you had a bad experience with realism and order. I'm sorry about that. But there's a lot of people who feel that way about honor and duty. If you give me a chance, I can get you into realism and order. Well, Goofus is just trying to do Goofus right now. I've had a rough six months. Sorry, man. Guess you should cry to our mother. What does that mean? Why did you say that name? I was just talking. Why did you say that name? Why did you say that name? Goofus! I was just talking about our shared mother. We saw her just this morning. I make you a promise. Mother won't die tonight. I never thought she would. Well, good. This is it, Gallant. Say nighty-night till you wake up in the big house. Oh, yeah? Mm. Josie! Goofus! Gallant kidnapped me right after you left, just in case his secret got revealed. You always did go the extra mile. <laughs> Speaking of mile, you'd better catch your girlfriend before she falls that distance from the helicopter. Gallant, I beg you. We'll meet again, and you'll beg me again. But it will be on Russian soil. <laughs> I've got you. I've got you. You okay? I am. Goofus. I never thought I'd say this, but 
kick your brother's ass. <laughs> I will, Josie. Do you think our relationship is in a rut? I thought we were doing pretty well. You are you are a, a high-ranking spy uh, d- director for the United States. So I'm about to be and fired by the eight. president. <laughs> 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 oh, everything's I'm probably two days from retirement. <laughs> Literally two days from retirement. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I would put a whole new spin on Lethal Weapon. It oh. really would. <laughs> what fresh fucking hell we Same thing as when we first learned Shakespeare in high school. Like, we read Romeo and Juliet, and the teacher tried to, like, just gloss over all the sex and the violence. And none of us had any idea what the play was about because we've taken with the sex and violence. There's no Romeo and Juliet left. Yes. I had an idea, not that I'm ever going to do this, but I had an idea for a uh, high school production of Romeo and Juliet. Just That's to really... Just like... sex and violence? <laughs> <laughs> It's never going to happen because it would get shut down, but also because I cannot be trusted with people's children. Um, so my idea was, you know how in every like high school drama club there is one kid who just tries so hard but isn't really that good? Mm-hmm. So, that was me. <laughs> so my idea for that kid, right, you give mm-hmm. him a very, very important job. And the important job is dick joke Sherpa. So- <laughs> So here's what you do, right? You set up the... So you do all five acts of the play. You trim it as necessary, blah, blah, blah. You get that kid, dress him all in black. You do the whole play. And in the first and second acts of the play, Mm -hmm. what you do is every time somebody makes a dirty joke, everyone just pauses in midair. And then the kid will stick his head out from, like, stage left (laughs) and just announce to the audience, that's a dick. And then just... And then after like the second act, stick stick his head out a couple more times and just give the audience like a you know where we're going this. And then just like taper off until he's no longer needed and the audience has fully immersed themselves in the dick jokeitude that is Romeo and Juliet. He will be the most popular character in the play. Yeah. The whole first scene is just dick, 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 boobs, dick. And like he would just be really busy for the first 10 minutes of the play. But I think it could be really effective and it would never ever work but it would, it would work so well but it would never work <laughs> if you have factory theater stories creative ideas for educational theater or anything else send it to unreliable narrator podcast at gmail.com and it may appear on a future show today's cold reading featured carl danielson as goofus jenny gutbazal as the director and dr x brian rust as gallant and Jacqueline Weatherby as Josie and the rest. Oh, I totally forgot to mention I uh, run a theater company and you should probably go check it out. <laughs> uh, so it's uh, Mischievous and Troublesome Productions. It's on the Facebooks and it's on the Twitter and on the internet somewhere. Uh, we're not doing anything right now, but like maybe, I don't know. Check it out. Nice. <laughs> Um, if you're local to the Boston area, Improv Boston will in a couple months be doing 
Comedy America for a couple weekends on their main stage, and I've contributed a song, which Woo! meant I had to write a song. Yay! Which was an interesting experience, but it seemed to have gone pretty well. You sure did that thing. I did the thing. You did the thing. I mean, I appreciated doing our yarn. I love doing La Zombiata, but, but they're in the past now. Yes. Unreliable Narrator Podcast Alpha, copyright 2018. Check out more at unreliable-narrator.com or at unarrator on Twitter. The Unreliable Narrator Podcast is an Unreliable Narrator Podcast.